0: We are so thankful for the opportunity we have to be here, and thank you in person for your partnership with us and your kindness to us. Um, we have been in Taiwan for four years, and now we're back in the States, and you may recall, and I know many of you have already expressed that you've been praying for us, we returned to the States with a significant medical situation. Um, Aaron was expecting our fifth child. and Um, He had been diagnosed with a heart defect, but when we returned to the States We found out that the diagnosis was much more severe than we'd uh, been able to find out in Taiwan. So um, We ended up not being able to do some of the things that we'd planned at the beginning and then uh, The Lord brought our son early and he didn't survive very long. So he's with the Lord now and um, during a time like that when No matter how much you know, your heart keeps rising up and asking, why is God doing this to us? Why did this happen? Uh, How can God be good when something's happening that seems so not good? Um, During that time, uh, we were surrounded by evidences of God's goodness to us in other ways that really encouraged us. Uh, about being able to trust the Lord's goodness in something really hard. And part of that was through partners like you all with really kind notes and special gifts and assurances of prayer. And we appreciate that so much. Um, So we're we're really thankful for your part in uh, not only our ministry in Taiwan, but in what the Lord's been doing in our lives personally. Um, Since that time, uh, as Aaron recovered, then we began traveling and we've been traveling and visited most of our partners in the States. And um, this is our our family as you would see us now, uh, but it doesn't tell the full story. Um, Erin is expecting uh, another son, so we're thrilled about that. She's due in May. So we'll be traveling uh, another few weeks and then she'll be off the road. Um, I'll do a few more meetings and then after the baby comes, we'll start working on paperwork so that we can all uh, return to Taiwan and we'll have a few more meetings in New England in the summer and so we're looking at going back in August. So that's a snapshot of where we are, but let me catch you up on uh, what the Lord has been doing with us in Taiwan and then tell you about some of our plans. Um, Just to refresh your mind, in case you haven't thought about Taiwan very much, um, Taiwan is an island about 250 miles north to south, about 60 miles wide about 100 miles from the coast of China, off of southeastern China. So um, it's much, much smaller than China. Uh, China dwarfs Taiwan, uh, dominates the the whole area there um, geographically, Um, but it's also very powerful politically and in a way that's unusual. Um, Taiwan is not actually recognized as an independent country. So um, Taiwan is claimed by China. Uh, Most of the rest of the world doesn't recognize Taiwan as an independent country, but um, we get to be on an island with over 23 million mostly ethnically Chinese people, and while China claims them, uh... china has no practical control over what happens on the island right now they have their own um, democratic government and so what that means for us uh... without having to have any opinion about their whole situation in the world uh... we get to benefit from the situation where we get to be on an island with so many ethnically chinese people who have complete religious freedom and we're so thankful to be there um, there are three kinds of geographic areas. You might be able to tell from the satellite photo. Most of the middle is darker green. Those are the mountainous areas. On the east coast, those drop right into the, uh, right into the Pacific Ocean in some cases. Um, much less population there. A lot of the population in the east and in the center are actually what are called aboriginal tribes. They're peoples who lived there before the Chinese started immigrating a few hundred years ago. They have actually been... Uh, percentage-wise, they're a small part of the population, but of those people, percentage-wise, they have been the most reached with the gospel because they have tended to be more responsive than ethnically Chinese people. Um, then on the west coast, especially, there are a lot of plains areas where there's a lot of agriculture, some small, uh, a lot of small villages through there, small areas uh, in terms of population. Um, and the people in those areas tend to have a a little bit more traditional uh, lifestyle and a more traditional way of thinking and so they're actually much less responsive to the gospel much much more uh, likely to be holding on to their traditional religions but most of the people in Taiwan live in several of the large cities Um, so this is um, two of our children looking off the roof of our apartment building uh, off the 26th floor and they're looking toward the center of our city Um, Kaohsiung, Taiwan, is the major city in the south, about two and a half million people there. We're in Taiwan because all of those people, just like all of the people here, were created by the only God who actually exists. And the problem is that all of those people are giving the thanks and the honor and the worship and the praise that belongs to the God who created them. They're giving that to someone or something else. And God is deeply and rightly offended by that. But even though it would be right for God to just crush people and destroy them for this kind of offense, God actually planned a way to not only restore his honor, but to reclaim people who have dishonored themselves by dishonoring God. He actually became a man because our ideas about getting back to God or finding favor with God involve us doing things. Find the right kinds of offerings to make or the right actions to do and then you'll get favor from God and everything will be okay. But God insists that his plan is the only way that he will accept back to him and that was for him to become a man and live as one of us, live perfectly, honorably, Honoring the Father, but then die because we deserve to die. And in taking our shame, then that satisfied God's just wrath. And now God has actually given him a position of eternal honor because of what he did. Because what he did allows us as God's enemies to actually become members of God's family when we trust in Jesus Christ alone to rescue us from our sins and our sinful condition. And then, because Jesus is honored, then we participate in the honor that Jesus has. That's the message that these people need. There are over 23 million people here, and most of them have very little understanding of Christianity, very little background in Christianity. Um, Their thinking uh, is made up of ideas from Buddhism and Taoism and Confucius uh, thinking, and then folk religion, and it's all mixed up together. Um, kind of like how people are in the states, that you uh, find people who just pick and choose religious ideas that work for them. And uh, the test of what religion you'll follow is much more likely to be what works for you rather than what's actually true. Well, a lot of people in the cities don't hold tightly to their religious ideas, the religions have influenced the culture so much There's so much in the cultures in Taiwan that is deeply influenced at least historically by religious practices. Some people like this man in our apartment complex would be uh, more regular in their participation in religious observances like this. He's um, went to one of the temples and he's bought yellow pieces of paper, uh, spirit money, and by burning them in the fire he believes that he is sending resources of some kind to his relatives who are already in the afterlife. And of course, the Bible is really clear that once people have died, there's nothing we can do to influence what's happening to them or what will happen to them. Their relationship with Jesus Christ determines what the quality of their afterlife is. And at the same time, the Bible is really clear that making offerings like this to get some kind of help from people who have already died doesn't work because they can't influence us either. What happens to us is in God's hand, and the only place we should be looking for help is to our God. But even though many people don't buy into a lot of the superstitions, they still practice some of these things, especially in uh, in, in connection with um, holiday um, practices or observances that have religious religious backgrounds. Uh, So we have some friends that we've asked you to pray for, the Chun family, and I'll show you a picture of them later. But... um, uh, their daughter has met with Aaron uh, for Aaron to help her practice chinese uh, i 'm sorry I got it I got that wrong. Um, their daughter doesn 't need to practice Chinese. she speaks it really well. Um, Aaron helps her practice English in exchange for our friend the mom, helping Aaron practice chinese and they 've developed some really good friendships through that, but one time um, Lucinda was saying to Aaron um, "Our family is not religious but when we participate in something like this, say at holidays, when I'm burning the spirit money, I feel a connection with my great grandparents, even though I never met them. So here's a family that has uh, no religious commitments, actually very skeptical of religion, but these religious practices are, are developing emotional connections for people in the family that will make it very hard for them to walk away. This is what we've been spending our time on uh, for the last four years, uh, a lot of studying Mandarin Chinese so we can communicate effectively with people in Taiwan. So we started out at a university that had a language program, and uh, we were in classes with other foreign students, uh, working all of us on studying Chinese together. And then we transferred to a language school that has a really good reputation for one-on-one tutoring. And because they have a good reputation for that, they've actually had a lot of missionaries come as students. And while our primary purpose in being at that school wasn't to evangelize our teachers, As we progressed in our ability to use Chinese, and especially when we got to the point that we were studying religious vocabulary, we're so thankful for opportunities to talk with our teachers about uh, not only the content of the Bible, but how we understand it, because they have heard several different versions of the gospel from the different missionaries they've taught. Our children also needed to learn Mandarin Chinese, so they got a start when we put them into uh, the public school there. They were in the public school for two years, and that was really helpful for them. They made a lot of progress in learning Mandarin, being able to interact with their teachers and classmates. Uh, There were some other benefits for us too that we didn't even expect, and one of those was just understanding what life is like for people there. Uh, When families have children in the school system, what happens, uh, what is daily life like for them? How much homework do the children have and how does that affect their family? It was really, really good for us. Um, In addition, we found that as our children uh, were in the school, uh, we had opportunities to meet parents of some of their classmates and get to know the teachers a little bit. And so the Lord gave us friendships with other people and expanded the opportunities we had to know people and reach them with the gospel. So we were, uh, at first, literally filling in our minds with the map of where we are and how to get to different places where we need to go. But over the the whole four years, we've been gradually filling in our mental map of not only how to communicate with people the words we need to say, but um, how do people think and relate to each other, and how can we communicate God's word effectively, and how can we act in a way that will um, give us a good hearing for the gospel. While we've been there, we've been part of Cornerstone Baptist Church that was started by uh, Matt Hanna. He's been there about 30 years. Uh, the Stuarts arrived a little before we did, but uh, Pastor Hanna uh, started Cornerstone Baptist Church uh, about 15 years ago. This was taken at the 13th anniversary of the church. And one of the challenges we found uh, when we talk about a language barrier, um, that's uh, kind of metaphorical, but there is a, almost a literal sense in which there's a barrier. One of the challenges we found that we hadn't really expected was how long it took us to feel part of the church here. We went to Taiwan thinking, this will be our church family, they're going to encourage us, we're going to try to encourage them, and it just felt like it took forever that we felt like we were part of this group of believers. Imagine going to a church for two years and always feeling on the outside, having very little idea of what's going on beyond what you can understand of what the speaker is saying. Um, and it's just, it's, it's frustrating, it's discouraging, um, but the Lord used these people to encourage us a lot. They were so helpful where they could be. And then, especially over the last year, year and a half, as our language ability improved, we were able to get to know many of these people. And Um, It was so helpful for us to really feel connected with them and part of them, one thing it did for us is give us a much deeper appreciation for the challenges that these brothers and sisters in Christ are facing. Um, As I look at this picture, I'm not sure if there are any of the people in this picture who are are not first-generation believers. In other words, they didn't grow up in a Christian family. Um, Their parents didn't go to church. Um, these are first-generation Christians, and uh, almost all of them, if not all of them, have a, a, a an immediate family member who's not a Christian—children, parents, um, spouse—for many of them. So we came to deeply appreciate the challenge and the struggle that many of these believers face as they're trying to to grow in the Lord, often with opposition from close family members and uh, the struggles they have. But also, we began to be really encouraged by how much they are growing and the ways they're growing, and especially for how effectively some of them can minister God's word to each other or preach the gospel. That's been so encouraging for us. So we've really come to feel like Kaohsiung, Taiwan is our home. Uh, This is where we have been. This is where we want to be. Um, And this has literally been our home for the last three years. Uh, We live in the the tower in the foreground on the 13th floor, and uh, we have really enjoyed especially opportunities we've had to use our home as a place for ministry. Um, We made several friends from other countries while we were at the university, and several times we've had them over to our home. Uh, We invited them for Christmas parties and just told them, we want to tell you how we celebrate Christmas and why. And then, uh, one of those friends we connected with a few other times, this is Vin from Taiwan. Um, The day we took this picture, um, after this, I walked with him to his bus stop, and while we waited for his bus to come for him to go home that night, he asked a question that gave me an opportunity to talk about the gospel with him. So here's a man from uh, a country that's closed for traditional missionaries to go there, and and very limited in his opportunities there to preach the gospel. Um, he's, uh, he was back in Vietnam, now he's back in Taiwan, so when we get back to Taiwan, hopefully he'll still be there and we can connect with him again. Erin um, loves to cook and bake, and one of the things she's really enjoyed and looks forward to doing more of is spending time with ladies um, doing things with their hands while at the same time um, developing their relationship and with lost people like these friends trying to build a relationship and look for opportunities to, to give the gospel to them or with Christian friends uh, try to encourage them and see how they need to grow in the Lord and how we can help them. Um, I mentioned about our children uh, knowing their classmates and then we would get to know some of the parents. Uh, One year our church had, well every year the church there has a Christmas party for children uh, an activity where they'll do some games and tell the Christmas story and give the gospel. Um, So we invited our children's classmates to attend that and then invited them to our home for a party after that. So they went and they heard the Christmas story and the gospel and then they came to our home and after we uh, had eaten and talked Um, I used one of the things I've done with our own children, and that is just talk through the story of the Bible, how the Christmas story fits in the whole story of the Bible, why it's so important. And uh, afterward, uh, one of the moms came up to me, uh, Debbie, and she just said, I've never heard that before. I was so thankful that she heard it at least one time. She's heard it again since then because Debbie became a good friend. She would contact Erin about once a month and invite her to, to meet somewhere. The children could play and the moms would talk and uh, so she's heard the gospel more times. And then here's another friend of ours who's heard the gospel several times uh, but has not yet become a Christian. Um, Xiao Fei has let her son come to the uh, vacation Bible school every summer, including this last summer when we weren't even in Taiwan. Um, the church has gotten connected with her, and she'll take her son, and sometimes she'll stay there and hear the whole lesson, hear the gospel. But um, as far as we know, um, none of them have made a decision to trust Christ, and uh, uh, one of the times I remember seeing them outside of the school context or a vacation Bible school was when we were riding our bikes down the street, and we saw her and her family participating in spirit worship um, with a group of other people. A couple years ago for Easter, uh, you may remember praying about this, uh, we invited our children's classmates again to a park for an Easter party, and uh, we were overwhelmed by the number of children and their parents who wanted to come. Uh, There were about 80 people who came, and we didn't expect that many, so Aaron was making hard-boiled eggs like crazy. Uh, We had a great time. Uh, Some of our friends from the church at the last minute asked if we needed help, and we were so thankful for that. But this picture captures several realities about our life and ministry in Taiwan. Uh, One of those is that we have found that some of our best opportunities for um, giving the gospel have come through relationships. Um, And... Maybe because our children were in class with their children, so many of these people were willing to come. But then when they came, we looked at all those people, and compared with the whole population of Taiwan, 80 is not very much. But uh, for us, it was a number that we realized really quickly we could never pursue meaningful relationships with all of these people that would give us more opportunities to give the gospel to them personally. We just didn't have time for that. And there's a significant, significant need for... Um, more laborers in Taiwan, both missionaries and for Taiwanese people to take responsibility for the gospel. It also captures the reality for us about how how we love to connect our Taiwanese Christian friends with our Taiwanese non-Christian friends. We had uh, one of the young men, uh, teenagers in the church give the Easter story and then I talked about um, the resurrection and why that's important, but we had We had friends from the church there helping and interacting with our unsaved friends. and We're so thankful for the chance that they have to know that that the gospel isn't just something that Americans believe and teach, but there are Taiwanese people who are Christians and can actually give them the gospel more clearly at this point than we can. So we're really, really thankful for that. I think I have time for this. I wasn't sure if I would have left myself enough time by this point. Um, I'll I'll talk a little bit more after this about our plans and what we're going to be doing. But uh, we wish that we could bring some of our friends from Taiwan over here and let you hear from them. And we can't do that. And we can't take you with us to Taiwan. But we have a a video showing you, uh, introducing you to some of our friends in Taiwan so you can hear from them uh, what the Lord has been doing. We'd like to introduce you to three of our Taiwanese friends. They represent some of the exciting ways we see God working in Taiwan. Grace Yen serves as the secretary at Cornerstone Baptist Church. Not only is she growing personally, but she regularly shares the gospel with others. We're especially thankful for the two times that one of our unsaved friends has heard the gospel in Mandarin Chinese as she's shared her salvation testimony.
1: My name is Grace Yen. Before I heard the gospel, I never thought about or questioned uh, what God we worship or why they are gods. One day when I just opened my house door, I found a pink church blood tin on the ground. The English service time was at 6 p.m. After it, there was a reminder, it said, uh, no Chinese translation. Uh, The reminder made me curious and interested. Uh, It challenged me, and I wanted to know how much I could understand. Uh, The more God's word I learned, the more brainstorm and conflicts I had in my mind. At last, I realized and identified that uh, unless we know the source of our lives, we can't know the real God. God is our Creator. those gods we worship or from cultures uh, they are not real gods but at that time I didn't think I need a savior because I was a good child for my parents and a good student for my teachers I didn't know what sins, or oh, I, I should confess or repent. The more God's word I received, uh, the more understanding I got. Then one day I told Mrs. Hannah that uh, I was not good enough to be a Christian. Uh, she answered with a smile that uh, no one could be good enough to receive the Lord. So I receive Christ as my Savior. Uh, after being a Christian, uh, my life is transformed by God's words and Holy Spirit. My life, my work, and my family are under God's leading and care. Uh, I'm more willing to serve the Lord and other people. Uh, Through God, uh, I have help in my difficulties, and I have comfort in my pain. I praise the Lord in happiness. Uh, I wish everyone could get uh, our Heavenly Father's love and hug after this short lifetime.
0: Thank you. Waylon Lowe and his family have proven good friends to us in many ways. We've seen them accept many challenges for the sake of reaching their family with the gospel, as well as uh, serving in the church where Waylon is a deacon and a Sunday school teacher.
2: My name is Waylon Lowe. so I uh, immigrated to the United States when I was 13. I didn't become a Christian until uh, in my early 30s. I would say it probably took me uh, 20 years and uh, many, many people who have uh, witnessed to me. So um, it's uh, truly God's grace that uh, I finally accept uh, Jesus. We've been back to Kaohsiung for five years now. So after about a year, uh, we we become more active in church, and I've been serving as a uh, as a deacon and um, helping with um, San, Sunday school Bible study. So about two two or three years ago, uh, we formed a, we had a, a kind of a men's breakfast. So we started that, which is to help out with our, our brothers' um, fellowship. Yeah, usually people are busy, so this is uh, one way for us to, for the brothers to get together, that, uh, that we can um, serve each other and share. Before we came back, probably at least for a couple of years, uh, we've had a, a burden in our heart for the salvation for our uh, parents. My in-laws and my father, uh, uh, they're not Christian. so. We've, been, we've prayed for a long time and uh, uh, it was uh, five years ago that we, we felt that God uh, you know, through uh, various circumstances that um, uh, really spoke to us and uh, let us know that uh, it, it's time that we can um, come back. So I mean, it was a big decision you know, I've lived in the United States for 30 years and my wife for 20 years. So coming back uh, really felt like starting over again. Uh, we're always hopeful, you know, sometimes we do feel discouraged because we, we don't see uh, progress. But um, I, I think in many ways, we know that uh, God does not give up. And we know just by being here in Kaohsiung, you know, having a presence here, that, uh, that's very important and it matters. So we, we continue, um, I think, through what we say, what we speak, what we do, and um, our interaction with families that uh, we are uh, hopefully witnessing to them and then that uh, they can you know, see, see Christ. And also you know, really come to um, understand who Jesus is, understand the truth, just pray for their salvation.
0: Peyton Ling is a pastoral intern at another church in our city. I've gotten to know him over the past year as we've met regularly for him to help me practice Chinese and prepare sermons. And I've been very glad to know how God has led him to a Bible-believing church, uh, given him understanding of the gospel, and is preparing him for ministry.
3: Hi, I'm Peyton Ling, I'm 24 now. and. Well, I'm being trained to be a church pastor, and our ministry in Taiwan is to spread out the gospel, the the word of God. not just this. We also want to find out who is willing to answer God's calling in Taiwan and encourage people to to come to serve Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ. And this idea is based on 2 Timothy 2:2. I hope that I can have at least five five Bible study groups in next three years. And so that means. I need to train by group leaders and right now in Taiwan although we have many churches but many unhealthy churches due to the influence of prosperity gospel and charismatic movement these kind of ministries are attractive but not. don't tell Uh, teach people very well in Taiwan my country is a Taoism and Buddhism country so we have uh, 23 million people in Taiwan and less than 7% are true Christians who knows the true gospel so what we need here is we need to train more people they can understand they they can know how to read Bible and they can spray out the gospel they can teach others so others can teach others just like Jesus said in Matthew 9 37 he said the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few
0: Friends of ours are each unusual. Um, Peyton mentioned uh, that the number of true believers in Taiwan is fewer than 7%. Um, I'm not sure where uh, he was looking. From everything we've seen and heard, it's actually much closer to around 3% of the population. And um, the, one of the ways that Grace Yen is unusual among even Taiwanese believers is. Um, There are a lot of Taiwanese people who go to churches, but if you ask them to express the gospel or give their testimony of how they became a Christian, many of them are not nearly as clear as uh, Grace was able to express. Um, So we're so thankful for someone who has a really clear testimony who can express that in Chinese that's much better to ours, and our friends have been able to hear that. We're so thankful, and and for her, she was relating just in a couple minutes, but it was a long process, and that's often what it is for people in Taiwan. It's it's a long time of coming to understand that that the the multiple gods that are considered options for worship in their culture are are not real, and then coming to understand that God has expectations for us, and then realizing we don't meet them, and then coming to understand that Jesus Christ is the only way. Um, And then uh, our friend Waylon is unusual because uh, he has a heart for the Lord. It's very unusual for Taiwanese people who've lived in the States to move back to Taiwan because they're concerned about the salvation of their relatives. Um, And then for him to invest so much time in the ministry and just see his, his heart and how he's growing in the Lord and, um, really leading in the church there um, as a as a believer. It's so thrilling. And then um, Peyton is unusual because there aren't very many men who are interested in ministry. And of those who are interested in ministry, there are a lot of roadblocks in the way. And one of the things that he said at the end that I love that is also in some ways unusual uh, in in terms of the thinking of believers in Taiwan is he was referring to Jesus saying to pray that the Lord would send more laborers. And when he said that, he wasn't thinking primarily of, of more missionaries coming. He was thinking of the Lord raising up more Taiwanese believers to preach the gospel. And uh, so it's unusual but exciting to see Taiwanese believers who have a heart to give the gospel to their own people. So as we go back um, in August, uh, we've been in uh, the area of Kaohsiung City that's near the center of this map. We're looking at going to the area that's outlined in red, the Nanza District. It's about eight square miles. Just uh, It borders the eight square miles that we've been in and where Cornerstone is. Um, But in that area, there are about 180,000 people. And while... Uh, people in the Nanza district don't seem to want to come down to where we have been, to Cornerstone, to church. Um, it's close enough that people from Cornerstone can uh, help us in some ways as we uh, move to Nanza and look toward Um, starting a new church there. Um, So they've already helped us in many ways. Uh, If we climb the mountain behind our train station, we can see this area. And uh, some friends of ours from the church have driven us around to show us places there and uh, introduced us to people they know. They've offered to help in a lot of different ways. So we're thrilled for the possibilities of them helping us as we go to this area and start preaching the gospel, um, giving the gospel to people, doing Bible studies, um, and to see the Lord form a a core of uh, new believers that can be the the, um, start for a new church there. As we go back, you can pray for us in several... uh, they're kind of general ways, but they're really significant ways. Um, if we're not careful, this can just become part of the scenery. It's really colorful, and you walk by and you start not noticing it because you're thinking about other things. But um, the reality is that there's a war going on, and the the territory that's um, that's being fought over is the human heart. And um, so these places, um, we don't want them to just blend into the scenery because they're places full of darkness that give people a false hope. And so, while many people don't buy into all the superstitions, as I mentioned before, there are so many people who practice, at least at different times, certain, um, certain ceremonies that are full of religious significance. And um, the Apostle Paul tells us in Second Corinthians that when people participate in idol worship, they're actually interacting with demons. There's something supernatural going on. And so we are aware that as long as people in Taiwan continue to practice this, they're leaving the door open for Satan's continued influence in their uh, culture generally and in their lives individually. So we're sobered by that. And we ask that you pray with us for spiritual breakthroughs among the people of Taiwan and for our spiritual strength. Um, While we're sobered, we're also very hopeful uh, because we serve the Savior who has authority to cast out demons and he's not restricted by them. Another way you can pray is that because there are so many people who need to hear the gospel, who need to understand the gospel, it's important for us to be able to communicate as clearly as we can so they understand the gospel. And one of the challenges to evangelism is that it's easy to walk away from a conversation thinking that we did a great job presenting the gospel when in fact um, they don't really understand what we were talking about. Um, And that's much more difficult um, that can be difficult in your own language. It's more difficult in another language because when you use your own language, um, it's kind of like eating an apple. It's really simple, it's really straightforward, just a few things that you have to watch out for deep down. But if you've ever studied a foreign language at, to the point of trying to use it, you know that it gets uh, a little harder and it takes a lot more effort, it's slower, and sometimes it's a little bit messy. Well, this is the kind of language that we're studying according to the U.S. Department of State. So the significance of the difficulty of learning Mandarin Chinese for English speakers means that it's really slow. um, It takes a lot of work. uh, It's pretty messy sometimes. And there are times when you feel like if you've ever eaten one of these, you might have felt like I did, that it was hardly worth all the work to get the small amount of fruit. Um, But it is worth it because we're there to give people God's word and train them to give God's word to other people as they help each other to grow. Um, but it does take a significant amount of work Um, we're so thankful for the amount of language study progress we've made Um, the last year we were in Taiwan I was able to preach in Chinese and we were able to have significant conversations with our friends we're so thankful for that Um, we're functional but there's still improvement that we need so pray with us to continue to improve in our language ability Um, thankfully we're at the point where we no longer need to have um, language study as our primary focus. Our co-workers there, the Hannahs, told us, uh, you come here in your first term, you need to focus on language study. We're not giving you something else to do. Um, And that was a little frustrating at times, but what it meant was that a lot of our ministry ended up being to unsaved people outside the church that we met instead of the people in the church. Um, And so that was really good for us. And so as we go back in our our focus shifts from primary lang- primarily language study to more ministry, but still sensing the need to improve in our language ability, we found something that that is so helpful in so many different ways, and that is finding people that we can spend time with who will let us practice our Chinese with them, and the more you talk with them, the more you get to know them. Uh, this is the Chun family. Uh, they have become uh, our best Non-Christian friends in Taiwan, and they're the family we've had the most opportunities to share the gospel with, and um, it's it's been so exciting to see through the course of our friendship. Uh, we're not talking about the gospel in every conversation, but there have been so many conversations that have led to uh, talking about the Lord. Uh, at one point, I uh, I've been meeting with Morris. For um, my Chinese practice, like Aaron's been meeting with Celia, and um, at one point um, I was asking him questions about caricatures and stereotypes, like what do these people think about those people, and um, all that. But I asked him because uh, this is where my mind was going. I wanted to get to asking him what do Taiwanese people think about Christians, and. and his answer to that question it was really interesting, uh, but one of the things he said is that most Taiwanese people have no idea what the difference is between uh, Catholics and non-Catholic people who are considered Christians. So after that, we took several weeks, and I just talked with him about different things, all the way from very superficial, like if you look at the building, this is how you would know it's probably Catholic or probably not Catholic, all the way to, to the what I would consider the deepest differences. Um, Two really significant questions. Um, If we're sinners and we're separated from God by our sin and we want to get back to God, how do we get back to God? And what's our authority for knowing that? Um, And the Catholic answer and the answer that emerged during the Reformation among the Protestant, what came to be known as the Protestant churches, were very, very different answers. But we got to the end of those discussions and I said, Morris, um, this is what I'm telling you the Bible says. Uh, You've told me that you have a Catholic friend and he might answer something different. And you could talk with a lot of different people and be told different things. What you really need to do is read the Bible. And if you look at the Bible, then you can see for yourself what it says so I invited Morris to read the Bible with me Uh, we read the Bible Genesis 1 the next week Um, he didn't ask to keep reading the Bible together I didn't push him for a commitment but what was interesting is that then every time we met uh, we would practice Chinese, and it would go from something superficial like what we did that week to something more significant, aspects of the culture, things that we'd noticed. But almost every week, we would get to a point in the conversation where Morris would say, Brian, does the Bible say anything about this? Are there any passages in the Bible that you could open up and, and we could look at it to see what the Bible says about this topic? And it was so exciting. And we're looking forward as we go back to not only continuing our friendships with Uh, Friends like the Ch'uns, but then especially as we move into the Nanza district, uh, meeting new people, looking for people we can practice Chinese with, ask questions about the culture, and look for opportunities to not only understand the people better, better and improve our language ability, but at the same time find opportunities for the gospel. And here's another reality for us that, um, we're in a privileged position because we can tell you about the chuns and you can pray with us for them. But there's no real practical way that any of you could try to share the gospel with them. And in some ways, we're even limited. We give them God's word, and if they become Christians, it'll be because God used his word. But here's the, the point that comes to my mind. Um, you can't um, or I should say, you don't have the opportunity to, um, to meet our friends and talk with them about the Lord. And we don't have the opportunity to get to know your friends and family members to pray for them and talk with them about the Lord. Um, the Lord has called each of us to different places and he's calling us to be faithful where we are. And we think about friends like the Chun's and uh, we're so challenged because we realize if we don't pray for them, there is probably no one else in the world. I mean, we pray for them and we tell you about them, but, but if we didn't pray for them and ask you to pray for them with us, if we didn't take that responsibility, there would probably be no one else in the world who knows the Lord who's praying for them. And if we don't take opportunities to talk with them about the Lord, I don't think there's anyone else in their lives who would do that. So you have people that the Lord has put in your life. You may be the only person who knows the Lord, who could pray for them or talk with them about the Lord. So pray with us as we develop friendships and look for opportunities to Uh, present the gospel even as we continue learning Chinese. Pray with us also for um, planning ahead uh, for outreach ministries. What can we do to effectively give the gospel to people, uh, get to know people in the Nanza district, especially um, all the people at Cornerstone who are excited about what we're doing and want to be helpful. Um, Pray that we'll be able to plan wisely how we can use people who are offering help in ways that both give them opportunities to preach the gospel and ways that help them to grow as believers. And then pray for the future of the church in Taiwan, especially regarding Taiwanese men to be leaders. Last year, I had the, the, the privilege to participate in an ordination at one of the churches, a young man who'd been trained by a missionary pastor. This doesn't happen very often in the churches we know in, in, in Taiwan. And as I said, there are a lot of roadblocks for people who may be interested in going into ministry. So pray with us for, uh, for more men uh, who will have a heart to take responsibility for leading uh, in their families and in the churches. So we're really, really thankful, again, for your prayers and ask that you continue to pray with us for the advance of the gospel in Taiwan. And I didn't leave you um, any time for questions, but if you have questions about our ministry or our plans, uh, please feel free to talk with us. Uh, please feel free to uh, email us. There's a sign-up list if you aren't receiving our prayer letter, but you'd like to get that to your personal email address. So thank you very much, Pastor.
4: because you have nothing to apologize for. That's exactly how it's done. So, thank you for being that example to us, and I'm sure all the other churches that you're going to go visit. And kids, thank you for letting your parents do it. Thank you for keeping smiles on your faces, too, along the whole way. All right? Okay? Uh, It was a real blessing tonight. So, so, uh, amen. Let's stand. Let's pray Father in heaven, we thank you for uh, just the honor of being here tonight to honor uh, you around your table to hear what these uh, faithful servants have been able to accomplish in their first few years there. We know that it's only your grace that can underpin their perseverance, but even while they're not as confident with the language as they would like to be or they will be in time, yet they've sown seed and done so effectively. Lord, we we plead for the Chung family, that one soul at a time, that there would be a harvest of their souls, your miraculous transforming grace. And please use the bullets continually unto that end. Water the seed that they've sown and give them increase. We pray the same for each of us as we often do here at Grace. Each and every morning, each and every sunrise, there's, a, there's another particular and certain and unique opportunity for each one of us as we build redemptive relationships in our town become more and more familiar with our, our friends who are without Christ to share Christ with them you've uniquely placed each one of us in our neighborhoods in our jobs in our places where we exercise where we enjoy our hobbies you've placed us there for eternal purposes. Help us each personally to lift up our eyes because the fields are harvested right inside our own Jerusalems personally within our Jerusalem city. Go with us now as we seek to be uh, that light, that city set on a hill that can't be hid this week in our community and continue Lord to mercifully grant us fruit that would remain here at Grace Church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I know your hearts were encouraged.